right, and we are back. Hi, Tony. Let's have a great introduction. There we go. We can see you. Hi, Tony. How are you? Hey, Jenny. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Neil, how are you? Great to have you with us today. Thank you. Good morning. Great stuff. Okay, so we heard from Sharon in our last session. She talked to us about East Africa, safaris, marathons and animals. So you've got a, a lot a lot to live up to here, guys. It's hard to match, yeah. <laughs> you've got to give it a go. <laughs> so we're here to talk about NFC and connected pack packaging success stories. But before we get into that, Tony and Neil, I want to hear an interesting fact that not many people know about you. I'm going to go to you first, Tony. Tell us your interesting fact. Well, firstly, I would like to make it clear that my biggest passion lies with connected packaging, just in case my manager is listening in uh, currently to the webinar. Uh, but apart from that, I'm actually quite passionate about uh, Stoic philosophy and Stoic history. And I have been reading, uh, you know, the materials of ancient Stoics like Marcus, um, Marcus Aurelius or Seneca, but recently actually launched my own website that is uh, sort of like a blogging website, um, the stoicway.net that focuses on stoicism, stoic principles, stoic history. So that helps me disconnect from work, focus my mind on something else, uh, be creative in the building of the website, generating the content, and I find it really fulfilling uh, as a side activity. So uh, that is my interesting thing. That really good. Thank you, Tony. Better watch out if you're building websites. Neil, <laughs> <laughs> over to you, Neil. Tell us your interesting fact. Hi, guys. Uh, Neil from uh, Atma IO team, also part of Avery Dennison. Um, my interesting fact uh, I actually just told this to some of the guys in the green room. Um, once, a few years ago, I once inadvertently shut down Terminal One departures at Heathrow Airport. No way! Always <laughs> makes for a good story down the pub. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty large scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and where you found us the culprit? You can tell me another time the long story, but where you found us the culprit? It, it was one of the most innocent misunderstandings ever, but I, I could see where they were coming from 100%. Okay, so you were identified as the culprit? Yes, but <laughs> it was an innocent misunderstanding. Okay, okay, that's definitely one for another time. Well, thank you very much. Now we can talk about NFC. Um, Tony, we might have some people um, on the webinar with us today who don't really know what NFC is. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What is NFC? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in very simple terms, NFC is nothing more than an electronic sticker that you can apply behind the label on a product, on a package to digitally augment the physical product with some videos, with some content, with gamification, for example. And just to paint a picture, imagine that after work, you're in the supermarket, uh, you're staring at a big wall of wine, you have to choose a nice bottle for your dinner later on with your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it might be. And you've narrowed it down to maybe two, three bottles. You're not sure which one to pick. There is some pressure, you know, to make a good decision. 
Um, so you take out your phone and try to get some more information about the brand, about the product. As you're tapping your phone to the different bottles, one of them actually has NFC. So as your phone touches the label, a video engages, a video is triggered, and it tells you a little bit about the brand, where are the vines grown, how is the wine made. Uh, by the way, this is the carbon footprint that this bottle, this package generated. Uh, it's pretty sustainable. Also, the bottle is from recycled glass. So at this point, you feel much more connected to the brand, to the product, you understand it a little bit better. Your decision is made much easier for you. And also, you can use some of this information to impress your partner later on tonight. So you get some bonus points for that as well. Uh, and, and this is really how NFC is used, uh, what NFC is. If you want to go into a bit more technical terms, uh, all NFC inlays have several components, primarily uh, chip, silicon chip, and aluminum antenna. The chip can be seen as the brain of the tag, coding some information about the product or the brand. And the antenna uses radio waves to transmit this information from the chip to a reading device, which in most cases is a smartphone. Uh, basic applications are for consumer engagement or product authentication. And um, something very important I would like to mention is that NFC is compatible with any modern smartphone. You do not need any specialized equipment to read the tags. You do not need an application to read the tags. And that's a, this is a very common misconception. People think that it's very hard to read them or they need something special. Everybody these days has a reading device in their pocket. You just need to take out your phone. You need to have connection to the internet and you need to touch the uh, packaging or the product itself. And that is uh, everything you need to trigger a digital uh, experience. Thank you very much. So in a nutshell, we're talking about a small tag which is inserted into the packaging, which a smartphone can read without having to download anything. Exactly, yeah. And do you need to have big, uh, big special smartphones or is it any smartphone? It is really any smartphone. And I see one uh, comment here, Jenny, that it might be useful to share an image. Sure. Uh, so let me, let me share an image real quick so everybody's happy. Um, here we go. As yep. you can see on the screen, uh, this is an NFC tag. This is how it would look like. Uh, it's pretty small, it's pretty thin between 250 to 300 micron, uh, so it's um, quite invisible when applied behind the label. Okay, fantastic. And does that smart tag need to have a battery? It is passive. It does not need to have any intrinsic power source. It doesn't need any battery. Uh, and that is the reason why it can be so thin, actually. Well, thank you. I think we have a, a, a clearer idea now of what NFC is. Um, obviously, we were talking about QR codes. NFC is a different way to be able to activate that experience. Um, what do you think the trends are showing us? Um, we heard about what's happening in East Africa, but you guys are a bit more Europe-based. So tell us tell us a little bit about the trends in, in, in Europe. What, what, what are you seeing? Well, personally, I agreed with, I quite agree with Sharon. Uh, she said that everything is becoming much more digital. Uh, we're relying on our smart devices more and more. But actually, it's, it's interesting to, to pose the question, have you actually considered how much are we reliant on our smart devices and on the digital space? Uh, 
and if we take our smartphones as an example, they have a tremendous impact on the way we communicate, the way we search for information, and even how we experience everyday events. And if you're not convinced, just think what will happen if you go on a trip, maybe on a holiday or a business trip, you're at the airport right before uh, security and you remember you forgot your phone at home. Uh, most likely it's going to be a disaster. I know for myself, I'm probably going to have a small uh, panic attack and I would have to cancel the trip. And that just goes to show that we are extremely reliant on our digital devices these days. And uh, actually that way of thinking extends over to our consumer behavior as well, which is one of the major trends that we see in the market. People would like to shop for their favorite products or interact with their favorite brands from anywhere and at any time. And that usually happens through their smart devices, uh, smartphones and tablets. And in fact, what the statistics show us is that about 80% of all sales are either influenced by online research or completely done online. And uh, we're moving more and more towards that trend, uh, especially now after, uh, after the COVID uh, season that we had. Uh, so yeah, this is one of the major trends that we see in the market, Jenny. This of course opens tremendous opportunities for brands to generate more value to the markets they serve uh, simply by offering more digital experiences to their customers, right? And NFC, for example, is a great, uh, simple yet reliable trigger for these digital experiences. Of course, there are other connected packaging solutions out there as well. But also this trend opens tremendous opportunities for other players in the market, such as converters, such as system integrators, to differentiate their portfolio and to ride this growth wave that we're seeing in the market with connected packaging. So uh, thanks for the, for the um, segue, Jenny. So uh, first of all, guys, um, just to take a step back uh, to let you know what, what am I doing on this call? What is Atma.io? And then how does it, how does it mesh in um, to what um, Tony uh, and Sharon, in, in fact, said um, earlier on in the call? So what we're talking about here is, is giving packaging um, a, a life, a digital identity. And whether that be through NFC um, or through a QR, what we are doing is uniquely identifying that this wine bottle uh, using Tony's experience, but it could just as easily be this T-shirt uh, with the swing ticket on there, whatever it may be, we are using technology to give a passive, a non-smart product, a digital identity. And, and that's the the concept that I really want you to, to embed through whatever for what I'm going to explain now, because we live in this in this world, this IoT world where everything is connected. And, and Tony, I love your example of going on holiday and the stuff hitting the fan because you've left your phone. 100% my COVID pass is on there, my boarding pass is on there, my Amex is on there, and it wouldn't be happening. And that is an easy thing to do for one of these because we are effectively walking around with computers in our pockets. We drive a computer. We have all of this processing power, uh, which is native, uh, which is embedded into most of the things around us. But when we need to make that bridge, make that leap across into a piece of packaging, the only way to do that 
is to give it a digital identity and NFC and the adoption of that is going to uh, is going to be key is going to be crucial to how businesses start to manage to understand and to better get value from their supply chain so that they can give better customer experiences um, when they get into the into the shopping center how we actually communicate around carbon footprint how we are showing that there's going to be a circular economy and and not just talking about it but actually auditing it that there is legislation that is coming through in the next eight years it's eu driven but the but the uk is still part of it sorry part of the legislation not part of the eu another story um which which is going to be uh, it's called the Coulthard agreement um which is what the uk follow and it's all about how do we show that things like single-use plastic is, is no longer going to be a thing? How do we re reduce our greenhouse gas emissions by 50%? And how do we reduce water stress? So this is a very long um, answer to your question, but what is the trend? The trend is legislation. We are going to be, as companies, we're gonna have to prove that what we say, that we are sustainable, that we are tracking, we're gonna have to prove that. And things like our credit worthiness, um, literally when we go to the bank and say, we wanna take out a business loan, how credit worthy you are is going to be very soon pegged to how much good, bad or indifference you are doing to the environment. What is the trend? The trend is that this is happening. What I say to our customers is, or potential customers is, if this isn't on your radar, if connected packaging is not on your radar, it needs to be because eight years isn't a long time and you can't get there and then find, oh sugar, we are in trouble. So to take another step back or a step up, depending on how you want to imagine it, what the heck does Atma IO do? So once we have these connected products um, and we actually want to say it started life as this raw material uh, pulp, it then got transformed from this pulp into um, a sheet of paper. That sheet of paper then had some uh, adhesive applied to it. It had an NFC embedded into it, and it then went off to Gordon's Gin. That, bit, that bottle was then taken from somewhere, which is 50% recycled, and then a label got applied. How do I see all of that connected supply chain? How do I know all of those transformation events? Who did what? When did they do it? Why did they do it? When did it get shipped? How do I connect all of that so that when the consumer scans uh, or reads the NFC and gets a carbon footprint output, what am I calling? What database is giving me this holistic view of what's happened? That is what Atma IO does. So I work hand in glove with Tony um, to evangelize this story. And the future is now, this is happening. Brands are already engaging with this. And the ones who are not, I'm hoping are on this uh, webinar or are gonna watch it and are gonna say, okay, this is happening. Um, eight years is not far away. Uh, the length of these projects, you know, knock off another year. So that these discussions need to be happening sooner rather than later. You're thank on you mute, Jenny. Thank you very much, Neil. 
uh, I, I did go on mute because I, I needed to listen and uh, make sure I didn't interrupt you because you were, you were definitely on your on your on your trend there. So fantastic. No, really good information. I mean, eight years, as you say, is not a very long time at all. And we're talking about, you know, companies being able to move and, and large brands being able to move and being able to change process and, and have this worked out, signed off and then actually activated. So yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Eight years is not a long time at all. So there's a lot of trends there. So one, of course, being around um, use um, of, of phones and the second, of course, the, the, the trends in terms of, of legislation. Um, Tony, we've got a question, um, a couple of questions actually from the audience, which I think might just be quite nice to drop in here before we get into case studies. Um, there is a quick question here is about, could you tell us how much data um, could actually be stored in a chip? And I don't know, maybe it's also to Neil there. Yeah, absolutely. I can answer briefly. Uh, usually the chips have about 128 bits of memory, which does not sound much, but you also don't need that much. What we usually encode in a chip is a URL that links to an online platform there that is where neo comes in with the atma story and actually all the product information all the brand information is held in the cloud in in servers so uh, all you need to encode in the chip is something very simple that would make the exchange of information very brief uh, and as i said all the further connectivity happens uh, in the cloud so really the, the chip, again, is just our, our mechanism, our bridge to get us to where all the information is then held in the cloud. Bridge yeah. is, is the perfect term. And that's one that I, I will use probably too much, but it is, it, is that, it is that bridge between the physical and the digital. Uh, and then NFC is what allows that to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely makes sense. Um, a quick question in um, from Carl, and I think this is to you, Neil. The eight-year deadline, um, is that then a lawful requirement for world packaging? Or was it European that you said? Um, so, Carl, apologies. Be because um, I, I, <laughs> I work in Europe, um, I, I know that it, it's European legislation. I, I don't believe it's worldwide, um, but don't quote me on it. I would, I would need to look into it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Tony, we've got um, somebody asking here for some photographic images, and I know you like doing some screen sharing, so I don't know if you I don't know, is there anything you could share? I'm sure that's music to your ears. Um, yeah, I, I love my slides, Jenny, that is, that is very true. Well, I shared the slide where there was an image of an NFC, I can share it again. And actually, I can also transition to a different question uh, further down. Are NFCs easily duplicated and counterfeited? Yeah. I think we can we can take both of these more or less in the same time. So yeah. let me. Uh, so th this is an image on, of an NFC tag. As you can see, here is the antenna. The chip is somewhere here. It's a very small grain of silicon, grain of sand. Uh, and that antenna would be on a, some kind of a PET carrier, either um, transparent or opaque. Uh, and it is very small. Um, this particular tag is about uh, 28 millimeters in uh, diameter. Uh, and they, yeah, they're, they're pretty small, as I said, pretty thin. 
Yeah, you and, don't notice it within the within the packaging at all, really. Correct. Yes. Um, and to uh, the next question, is it uh, easily counterfeited? Uh, I would like to say that <clears throat> NFC is not new. It is not a new technology. It has been used for more than a decade already in the banking industry. That is how it was introduced to the market. And the primary use in the banking industry is for secure contactless payments. Chances are your credit card or debit card has an NFC tag. Uh, also, some other common applications are for access control. Uh, for example, your hotel room key has an NFC, your car key has an NFC with a rolling code. So um, the code changes every single time so nobody else can open your car. And long story short, what I'm trying to say here is that NFCs are very secure. That is their primary application in the market. Uh, and in the other applications outside of the banking industry that we're using them for, for wine and spirits or cosmetics or something else, uh, this is the primary benefit that NFC brings on the table. Uh, we can leverage some uh, cutting edge technologies such as cryptography, such as temper evidence, for example, to secure uh, the brand image, to monitor gray market activities, uh, and to make sure that the product is original. Uh, for example, with wine and spirits that the liquid is original or that there is original product in the packaging uh, in general. So actually, it's good in terms of authentication, um, but also therefore it gives you the ability to know that you're talking about something which is uh, secure as well. So it's not easily duplicated um, in, in any way really is what you're saying. Correct, yeah, it is not very easily duplicated in any way. Uh, this is also one of the main aspects that differentiates NFC from QR codes. Uh, in the previous presentation, Sharon told us uh, a very interesting use case, how you can use QR codes. And of course, the product there was uh, water bottles, uh, you know, that is, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> cartons. Uh, so that is, that is a very cheap product, very simple product. Uh, and it makes perfect sense to use NFC, but if we're talking about more luxurious, more expensive products, where counterfeiting and fake uh, products are a problem for the brand, then mm -hmm. NFC makes a lot more sense. Tony, let, let me just uh, jump, jump in there, if I may, uh, to, do, to do a quick Atma plug as well. So the, um, we add another layer um, to the authenticity um, part around um, NFC also. So 100% of, of the what we call digital triggers, so barcode versus QR versus NFC, NFC is the most secure. What we do also um, through uh, the, the, the cloud um, data capture is using the, the luxury brand example that Tony just gave, um, sat within the Atma IO hub, we have certified um, suppliers, factories, shippers, receivers um, of, let's, I won't, I won't use a company, but of an expensive brand's product. By each time that NFC and, and embedded, just to, to go a little bit further on, on what is in, encoded into that NFC, we have a short URL for, for customer redirect for the brand experience, um, similar to what Sharon discussed. But then also within that 128 bits of memory is what we call an, ele an electronic product code. And we can think of that like DNA. There, there are the chances of two EPCs being the same in the world is, is about one in 300 billion. 
So the chances of two of them being, being the same are almost, almost zero. So Atma.io captures each time a new NFC um, tag is printed or encoded, it then sits in the Atma.io hub. We can then say that it was seen at this factory and that factory is certified for Neil's handbags, tick. It was then shipped, received at the DC, which again is certified, tick. And it now exists, not just in Selfridges, but Selfridges in the UK, which is where the tax was paid for this expensive handbag, not Selfridges in Dubai, which has a different taxing um, element. Therefore, we know that it's not just the genuine handbag, but it's where that handbag should be. So it's not grey market. So that things like warranty um, are still intact. And all of that is is what is capable when you are capturing these unique EPCs or, or NFC um, encoding inside the Atma.io hub. And each time we get, we call it a handoff or a handshake um, of we expect it to be here and we've seen it, then the authenticity confidence goes from zero when it's created to a hundred by the time I have engaged with that NFC tag in Selfridges in, Lon in London versus Selfridges in, I think they have one in Dubai, I don't know, but in Dubai. <laughs> okay, that makes good sense. A couple of quick questions actually about the NFC tags themselves. Um, are they water resistant? Can they be embedded in clothing? Um, and can they apply be applied to any type of material? I love the questions, by the way. It's a, it's a very active crowd, which is always great to see. Uh, to, to answer these questions, NFC tags are water resistant in the sense that they're, the inlay and the chip are sandwiched uh, in, in, with some of our products in a PET, uh, between two PET layers. So the water doesn't have any impact on the actual tag. That being said, you cannot read it if it's submerged. Liquids absorb radio waves, so uh, the tag needs to be fairly dry to be able to read it. Uh, of course, if you apply it on a bottle of whiskey or on a bottle of wine, for example, you would have no issues reading it. The problem, problem is if the tag is submerged underwater, then it would probably be impossible, but also I doubt that you would put your phone underwater as well. So uh, it's not a common use case, let's say. But what about washing? Because I think um, I think what we've got here is a, is a question um, from Tom, which is referring to embedding it in clothing. So I'm assuming he's saying if I wash those or if the consumer washes those clothes, will that NFC tag still work after it's run through the washing machine? It will still work, uh, obviously not forever. It's a very harsh environment. The tag gets a beating, uh, but we do have some strong constructions. Uh, if it is in clothing, it's probably going to be sued in. So we're, we won't worry about adhesive. Uh, it will still function after maybe 10, maybe 20 uh, runs through, through the washing machine, depending also on the uh, intensity of the washing. Uh, but at least for a while, it will survive and it will work uh, perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, we've got another question here from Carl. What's the smallest size available? I mean, you talked about a very small, did you say 18 millimeters? Uh... Well, one of our uh, most use tags, uh, the circus, it is actually a benchmark in the industry is 18 millimeter die cut size, but we have actually uh, smaller inlays. Maybe our smallest one in the portfolio, in, in our portfolio is 10 by 17 millimeter. So still uh, fairly, fairly small. 
Super, super small. Super small, really. Okay, there was a question um, a little bit earlier on from Sonia, um, which was around the main differences between QR codes and NFC, and obviously each has their their place. Tell us a little bit about the the the, the differences. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of the main differences I already spoke about, and this is the security features which NFC brings on the table, and also Neo gave a very good representation of what is happening behind the scenes. Uh, so definitely that is the main one. In addition to this, NFCs use radio waves to communicate, to connect to the phone, right? So they can be inserted behind the decorated label of the product or within the packaging even. And what that means is that the NFC does not take any real estate from the label. And when we're talking about uh, luxurious products, very expensive products, the design of the packaging, the design of the label is very important and brands usually hire artists to, to uh, design the label in a very particular way. So in many cases, having a QR code sitting there is really a no-go. In these cases, NFC is a perfect solution because it can be, as I said, nearly invisible. And the third way or the third main way NFC differentiates from NFC or from uh, QR codes uh, is that it is very easy, very intuitive to use. Um, as I said, every modern smartphone has NFC enabled. You do not need to take a picture, download an application, you just touch your phone to, uh, to the label, to the product, and that is it. And with QR codes, what we see is that in certain circumstances, for example, if you're in a club, you're trying to create a QR code on a bottle, it's dark, maybe there are flickering lights, it might be difficult to read the QR code. Also, if there are any imperfections on the label, maybe some scratches, that could mean it's also difficult or impossible to read the QR code. And with NFC, we can overcome all of this. So uh, these are the main three I would list, security, uh, the fact that it doesn't take any real estate from the label and the ease with which it can be read. Okay, so uh, you might say um, there's uh, a difference and in, in, in also which products make sense for. Um, I saw a question, and there's so many, I'm, I'm literally trying to scroll through. I saw a question which was around costs. Um, I now can't see it anymore. Um, but, I, but I think there's obviously a difference there. Um, yes, uh, sorry, I assume there's an extra cost um, and time frame and, and, uh, and a cost to the label manufacturer. That was in from Carl. Um, so I guess there's a, a cost between those two as well? Yeah, of course, we cannot be comparing, uh, you know, the price tag of an NFC and a QR code, uh, because the QR code is just a bit of ink at the end of the day, the, the NFC product is much more complex, it's an electronic product. Uh, and I can tell you as a rule of thumb, an NFC tag costs uh, between 10 and 15 cents, euro cents. Um, but that being said, uh, we're seeing the price dropping with uh, the increased use of NFC tags. We can leverage economies of scale, which makes the tags much more available, much cheaper. Also, Avery Denison is heavily investing in um, companies that are developing new technologies, dis disruptive technologies, and one of them is Pragmatic. And Pragmatic is developing uh, flexible electronics, uh, which are essentially NFCs that do not have a silicon chip in them. And the silicon chip is actually two thirds of the cost of the tag. So once these products are out in the market, which should happen fairly soon, uh, we can see the price of NFC drop uh, quite a bit. 
And I think that would be uh, the start of the avalanche uh, of the adoption of this technology. So you, you might want to say then, I suppose, if it's a very low value product, a QR is a better match, but then for kind of luxury, you talked about wine, for example, those, those products would, would benefit more from their NFC. On item level use, I would say the product should be above 30, 40 euros okay. to, to put an NFC tag. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. I think that's really useful information. Um, I'm going to continue with the questions from the audience. Um, can the data contained in the chips be changed later? Uh, yes, it can, if you want it to be. So when you encode a tag, you can lock it. So only the person that has the uh, password can change that information. You can also permalock it. So basically nobody can change that information. And what we see uh, with products being sold on the market, obviously you don't want everybody to be able to change that information. So the tags are either locked or permalocked. And um, let's not forget that what you encode in the tag is just a link. And the information is actually in the background in the system, and you can always change the information in the system. So actually, the same tag can uh, show different experiences, different information, also uh, depending on if I'm uh, reading the tag for the first time, for the second time, for the 10th time. So I'm not seeing the same information every single time. It's quite a dynamic uh, application that you could have. Absolutely, because again, if we think about it, it's go for fact, this is the bridge. So unless that bridge needs to change, it's more about the, the content afterwards. Um, a question in now, um, which I think is potentially coming back to when you, we were talking about um, the NFC being in the in the washing machine or, or whatever, um, from a Jahat, why would one want to invade privacy after the product's been sold? Ah, that's that's a, an interesting post question. Uh, and here the, the point is not to invade anybody's privacy. And I would give you an example, uh, a real case example, how attack has been used after the product has been bought and how it adds, brings more value to the customer actually. Uh, we had a case with jerseys, um, basketball jerseys uh, in, in the US and the embedded tag actually gave uh, information what is happening uh, in the locker room of the team. So every time I'm scanning the tag of my favorite team, I can see new updates. Uh, what, what is the team up, do, up to? How are they training? I can get some uh, content which is not available anywhere else online, but I can see it because I bought the jersey. And um, that adds value to me as a consumer. It makes me feel closer to my team. Uh, and that is why you would want the tag to be readable after the product has been purchased. Obviously, you can always uh, take the tag out or smash it with a hammer if you're very concerned and you don't want to use it afterwards. But there are some situations, some cases where it makes a lot of sense to actually keep the tag and to keep on using it after the product has been purchased. Yeah, <laughs> a bit aggressive there, Tony. <laughs> But, but all good. And also, maybe the information includes things such as um, uh, instructions for use or, um, you know, some AR type of experience showing where to line things up if you're thinking about construction material or something like that. So I think I think there's a lot of really interesting information that can be available to consumers before uh, uh, purchasing the product, but also after. Um, but good. 
Neil, I've got one for you. Um, Tom wants to know, are you using blockchain to store all the steps in the supply chain from raw materials to the end product? The short answer is no. Um, so uh, the, in, in, in the true sense of, of blockchain, an immutable ledger, um, which is shared across uh, a, a multi-node network. And forgive me if, I, if I'm throwing out a load of jargon. Oh, Neil, you obviously threw too much jargon. <laughs> <laughs> Your internet connection is letting you down. <laughs> we might have to come back to Neil. Yeah, I think we will. Tony, I'll throw another question to you. Is it possible to carry out that um, information? Basically, everyone who has that information to agree is correct. Therefore, change. Sorry, am I am I okay? Well, you you I think you freaked out your computer with all your jargon. No, do, do you know what it was? Someone was I'm 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 hotspotting through my phone and someone called me. So um what we actually use um is is a distributed network. So the information um, exists in several different locations. Uh, I don't know how many, um, but, but it, it's certainly more than five, um, mainly because we service the whole globe. Um, so if one um, data center were to go down, no drama, it exists in another four. But the short answer is, is that it's centralized. So um, yes, if our chief technical architect did want to change the raw material makeup, he could, he wouldn't, but strictly speaking, um, it's centralized, therefore it is not true blockchain technology. Just last piece on that, we do partner um, with um, blockchain um, businesses, sorry, yes, but blockchain providers, should I say. So if an immutable ledger is required, which typically in food it is not but i can see a use case maybe in pharmaceutical then then we do have that option um, to add that layer in as well okay thank you very much good good learning there i think for everyone um there's another question here from um jesus and he wants to know is it possible to carry out a reading on an automatic packaging line um or massively as with RFID technology? Uh, so ju just to make it clear for everybody else in the audience, uh, I think what Jesus means by RFID technology is UHF RFID technology, which is ultra high frequency being uh, being able to, to read the tags with maybe two, three, four, uh, 15 meters distance. So uh, NFC is, it's meant to be read from a very short distance. Obviously, if I'm reading one bottle, I don't want to be scanning the bottle next to it. Um, so the short answer is no, you cannot uh, read in such a bulk as with UHF. Uh, that being said, if you want to read a box with uh, several items in it, maybe five, maybe 10, depending on the items as well, if there is a lot of metal or a lot of liquid, that could be difficult. Uh, but with fairly RF transparent products, you could have a number of products within a box and you can read every single product uh, with the right equipment. Uh, what is the right equipment? Big enough antennas, maybe also a reading tunnel. That would be the best because you have uh, essentially an RFID chamber isolating the noise from the environment, concentrating the reading uh, in a single point. 
Uh, and also it depends what kind of NFC inlays you're using. My recommendation would be to use uh, ISO 15693 uh, or, or type five tags, uh, which have a bit of a longer reading distance. Very technical, Tony. Very technical there. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was about say that. you lost me. But okay, thank you. It sounded like a good answer. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's another one here um, from uh, Manish who's asking about nano tagants. Again, I'm lost a bit here, but can nano tagants be used as cost effective? Uh, next generation NFC for ID, for food, uh, freshness, maybe helping in plastic recyclability channelized sorting? I'll be honest, I haven't heard this term uh, in the market uh, for connected packaging. I know roughly what it is, but it is not a technology that is uh, commonly used. Uh, obviously, uh, nanotagants are, are very small. I think they're used in forensics in some cases. What we want to do with the NFC is create some connectivity, but we also want to, to signal to the consumer, hey, there is a connected packaging here. So we also want, want it to be big enough that people actually realize, hey, there is an NFC here, so let me try and scan it. So I would say uh, I haven't seen this technology being used in the market uh, up until now. Uh, maybe we see something similar in the future, but uh, who knows? But in terms of being able to uh, trace food freshness, uh, help with uh, recyclability and sorting, um, surely there should be some um, possibilities of NFC. I just don't know if it's- Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We can combine NFC tags with sensors. Actually, within our portfolio, we have uh, a product that we call TT Sensor Plus, and its main purpose is to track the temperature, the storage temperature of a product. So you can see, um, you know, when a product is shipped throughout the supply chain, has it been stored in the right condition, under the right condition? So you can assume that it has been, uh, it is still fresh when it arrives in the supermarket or wherever it, it has to arrive. And there are some other products as well, uh, also not NFC, but standard labels uh, or other sensors as well. Yeah. that um, yeah, monitor the freshness of a product, you know, piece of meat or maybe fruit, vegetables, whatever it is. So there are some uh, technologies out there that could be used for that application. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Tom, Tom's got a question in. Um, I think this one's for you, Neil. Can the content shown to the scanner be different based on the consumer's geolocation? For example, language based on location where the NFC is scanned. Thank you for bringing me back into the fold, Tom. Yes, is the answer. So um, if we go back to what is contained within that chip inside the um, NFC, uh, we've got that short URL and then and then we have that, that um, serial um, number effectively. Now, each time um, that short URL is scanned, um, we have two options. It can either be dynamic, or it can be static. So for your um, example, it would be a dynamic URL. So the same way when I put in google.com, it looks at my IP address and it says, you are, I'm in the Netherlands right now, but normally the UK, therefore go to the uh, UK version of Google. So it's a static interaction, sorry, dynamic interaction. The same thing is possible when we layer the NFC and Atma.io. So that short URL, becomes a dynamic one because um, that NFC tag is linked to Atma.io, we say 
um, that smartphone is in X, Y, or Z location. And so long as the brand we have worked with um, has specified we want it to have an experience in these languages, um, so long as that person has scanned from said geolocation, then that dynamic short URL feeds through to um, English versus French versus Italian based on where you are. So, yes. Thank you very much. I've got another question because they just keep coming in. Is it possible <laughs> to use NFC on the inside surface of metal packaging? Um, would that still work? Would you still be able to read it? It depends from which side you're reading it. If you're trying to read it from the inside of the packaging, you will be able to read it. If you want to read it from the outside of the packaging, probably not, not probably, you will not be able to read it because uh, metal surfaces uh, act as a shield. They stop uh, radio frequencies. Uh, and if there is a box made out of metal, you will not be able to read the tag inside. If you want to apply a tag on a metal surface, we do have specialized ferrite based inlays that can be applied on the metal surface uh, and you can read them perfectly fine. Uh, again, as long as there is not another, another layer of metal on top of the inlay itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you very much. Um, what about the information that's loaded in the chip along the way? Um, what about the information? How can we ensure um, that it's true, that it's authentic, that it's genuine information? That question's from Claudio. Interesting question, and uh, I'll, I'll start the answer. Maybe new, you can uh, finish it, uh, looping in the, the Atma platform functionality. But basically, when a tag is encoded, it is encoded, as I said, with a unique URL. So obviously, this URL cannot be 100% copied. Uh, this information is locked in the chip. Uh, there could be some you know, uh, cryptography uh, also leveraged to make sure that, you know, that the consumer is uh, going to the right website, to the right location, and the right uh, to the right information. The right information is uh, presented to them. So uh, basically, once the chips are encoded and locked, they're fairly secured, and you see the information which the brand wants you to see. And this can be also verified from the back end of the system. Uh, and then I'll hand it to to Neil to explain a little bit better what is the brand seeing actually from the back end. Thank you. So, Jenny, forgive me, I'm going to use one more bit of jargon, but I'm going to explain it. Um, so within supply chain, um, we talk about, uh, I think everyone maybe should be happy with GS1, uh, the, the, the global provider of, of barcodes. They, they've taken things a, a step further, um, and we now have what are called um, GS1 EPCIS events. And it boils down to what is it, who did it, why did they do it, and when did they do it? So those questions um, translate into events. And as Atma.io, we capture those events. So the, the what is it, the creation of it, uh, is, the, is how this journey always starts. And if you remember back to what I said towards the beginning, we know because the brand has told us that this first factory or whatever, this supplier is where this journey starts. This is where this bottle is created. And if it doesn't come from here in Manchester, then we know we have a problem. 
So how do we know that the information loaded into the chip along the way is correct? Um, because we build up the confidence because we know that that event, that what, when, why, fourth one, come back to me, um, is already being qualified by us. And each step along the way, we are saying, yes, that did happen, handshake, it happened, handshake. So you have that confidence and you can look in the back end. I, could, I can show you very, very quickly um, how that looks so that every step um, along the way, um, you have that handoff of data. It is all very handily shown to you. Um, can you see that? Yep, all very handily shown to you um, with, with geotags along the way so that it, uh, if at any point one of these pins is this journey, for instance, starts um, in the east of, of China, if that first pin where this was actually, this product was created, um, starts somewhere in Africa or Australia, using this example, we know um, that, that although what is encoded may be correct, it wasn't encoded in the right place. So we know we have a problem. So we layer, we always work with our digital trigger um, partners in, in Avery Dennison, Tony being um, obviously the person, we just layer on that extra layer of visibility to make sure that what is happening is the actual truth. And, and that is literally what you would see um, in the Atma IO hub. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you, Tony. Um, we have run out of time. I could give you two seconds if you've got one last thing you want the audience to take away with them. There's been so many questions. Um, we've learned so much, but one one fact, Tony, one fact or a tip, Neil. Well, well Jenny, I would like to just uh, reiterate the point we started with that connected packaging is something uh, you know, uh, that we cannot avoid. Uh, the future is now. Uh, we're going to see more and more uh, connected packaging. Uh, NFC is a great trigger for uh, digital experiences. And uh, I was very pleased to see so many questions. If there are people from the audience that want to further the discussion, feel free to reach out to me, to Neil, so we can dig deeper. Neil. Not to be boring, but I, I, I'm going to echo what Tony said. Um, I always say to my customers, it was only a few years ago that a crazy guy said that cars are going to be driving themselves. They're going to be talking to traffic lights and you're going to be sat there having your lunch in a car whilst going to work. OK, we're not quite there yet, but the guy who said that is now the richest person in the world. And, we're, and we are not too far away from that. The same, the same thing is going to happen with connected packaging, connected products. It is just the next iteration of IoT. Embrace it now, get ahead of the curve because it will creep up. And when it does, everyone's going to be going great guns and you're not going to be able to keep up. Absolutely. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Neil. Thank you to our fantastic audience and all the fantastic questions there as well. Um, Again, if you need any more questions, do reach out and we'll, we can support there. But stay tuned. In only four minutes, we will have our next session starting and we will be joined by Nathan Anderson, who is the CEO founder at ScamTrust, and Johnny Hobika, who is Manager and Director of EPAC Flexible Packaging. And we're going to be looking at disrupting the flexible packaging space. Do stay tuned. We'll be back in four. Thank you.
Thank you.